When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Sunday evening. Welcome into the Georgia show. Uh, it is SEC Media Days week, and we're definitely going to touch on that. These guys are joining each other in the Music City, and I know they have thoughts on it. But first of all, I'd be remiss not to welcome Rusty Manziel back to the Georgia show. It's been a long time. I feel like you missed a lot, man. I know. I feel like every, I had a busy last couple of weeks. I got hit with vacation and when I say you got hit with vacation, y'all know as dads, uh, that's not a that's not a vacation. You know what I mean? That's uh, you you can't hide on vacation. Let's just say this: you're not going down to Starbucks to work for a couple hours. Just hey, can you pick this up or can we get this chair? So did that, and then uh, actually went down to Naples as I ended the week and worked for FBU. Did a camp for them and something I always do. And I tell you what, man. There's nothing more pleasant than a July afternoon on turf in Naples, Florida. Nothing Oof. like it. Can't beat it. You can just smell your own hair burning. Uh, yeah, a lot of the not. fans on the Dogs HQ message board really didn't want you to come back, though, Rusty. There's like five, six commitments, I think, while you were out. Uh, so why are you back? Well, I'll tell you 20 seconds on that. Thank you. Jake might know this. I think it was 2013 or 20. I think it was 2012. Uh, and it was the uh, Friday before Easter. And I was on vacation. And Georgia got four commits that one day. And I was having to run between the – I didn't have Wi-Fi that day for whatever reason in hotels. So I was literally running across Thomas Drive in Panama City every 30 minutes with my laptop to a McDonald's across the street. So my history with – I think that's the day they got Shaq Wiggins, they got Ryan Rankin and all those guys. Remember that one day, just four <laughs> kids popped and told my wife, I said, I'll be right back. They got they got another commit. You know, next thing you know, I was like, what? So I'm literally running across the street. So my history with kids committing while I'm on vacation is about 11 years deep now. I know you've uh, collected your thoughts on dogshq.com for our readers and subscribers over there, but – just a 15,000 foot view. What's been the biggest story that's happened since you've been gone? I guess since you've been gone from the show, I've got my thoughts on what it's been. And Roe maybe does too in that time frame over the past couple of weeks. But what really is the headline for you in Georgia football news before we turn the page to SEC media days? Uh, Stacy Searles and this O line run. I mean, you start talking about adding what I like to say one percentile type humans. Uh, every year I talk to people that see Georgia for the first time, maybe in person, maybe it's a recruit who's like a ninth grader and their dad, you know, I'll reach back out to him and go, what'd you think? He goes, my son can't play at Georgia. I was like, well, those are different human beings. So you look at Nahir Daniels, uh, what, 6'8", 370, uh, Ooney, 6'6", 360, you know, Daniel Calhoun, was he 6'6 and a half, 350? And, you know, I talked about, you know, I never take a kid's moment, try to take a kid's moment. You know, I'll let you guys know on our board at Dogs HQ, hey, they, they picked up a silent, you know, at some point in the last few days. But I don't, I don't, Ratty, I don't give positions. I don't give class. 
But Daniel Calhoun has been a silent for a couple of months now. I was just trying to see if Georgia could hold on to him because he did take his visits and did do his due diligence and look at other schools. But at the end, he stayed with Georgia. So I think that runs Stacey Searles. Um, and Jake's mentioned a lot of this about people kind of doubting him a little bit. Jake was one of the ones when he got hired said, hey, just kind of calm down. Uh, you know, give him a chance. Give him a calendar year. Give him a, a, a two recruiting cycles. See what he can do. And, man. He has had a hell of a class uh, if they have all these guys. And I do think they'll all stay and they'll be in this class. But you're talking about some big guys. My goodness. The biggest office up there in the Butts Mirror building has a lot to do with uh, how your assistant coaches recruit. And, you know, it's it's very rare that you have a guy that recruits as an outlier, low or high, whenever your head coach kind of sets the tone. And that's what Kirby does. You know, I mean, it's – uh, he's a make you do your job, sets the, you know, sets the tone in the office, um, you know, kind of keep up with me, work at my level type guy. And, you know, I look at it kind of like track, you know, I mean, if you got a bunch of guys out there with a, you know, running the hundred with a, with a 20 mile an hour wind at their back, you know, they're going to, they're going to run better hundreds than they've ever run in their lives. And that's kind of what they're dealing with. They got a wind at their back with, with Kirby being one of the, I mean, un, I'm not, listen, this is not a shot at Nick Saban in the slightest. Okay, but Nick Saban, unlike Kirby, he didn't. Nick Saban was never like an ace recruiter on a college staff per se. Not like we see it these days. Not like a hey, we need this guy, go get this guy. Hey, Kirby, there's a there's a quarterback in Georgia, go get him. You know, I mean, Kirby did that. You know, he, he, there's a running back in Georgia, go get him. Tyler Simmons, like Tyler Simmons, was headed to Alabama. Kirby had him. And then, you know, he comes over and then Georgia gets to be paying out or not, but it is what it is. And I think Kirby kind of brings that to a coaching staff in such a way that elevates all these guys as recruiters. And, and listen, Alabama's guys elevate too, and that's just Nick Saban being one of the greatest there's ever been. Um, but, but I think that's one of the unique um, pieces of, you know, pieces of uh, uh, flair. Let's, let's go off the space there. Pieces of flair he kind of brings to the, uh, to the table there. I'll say uh underrated story that really flew under the radar in the midst of all those commitments was Ellis Robinson locking his commitment down yep. because of a couple reasons. A, he's like the best player in the country, depending on where you're looking. But B, with all the commitments that did roll in back to back to back to back, we called it, Jake. Georgia fans were going to get a little bit antsy when there was a, a drought of any length of time. So for Ellis Robinson to lock it down and still say, hey, I appreciate it. I had fun. Thanks, Alabama. I enjoyed my visit over there. Y'all did a great job, but I'm sticking with the G. So every little bit of stability while the commitment run kind of cools down is huge for Georgia. And uh, that was, I think, if not you know, the most underrated story, I thought it was incredibly underrated. Um, because it was just uh, no news, I guess, but it was huge in my eyes. Yeah. I mean, um, that's, that's another one of those number one overall players at their position, man. I mean, it's and it's, it's a premium position. Anytime, anytime you can get the top player in the country at a premium position, um, you're looking at a multi-year starter, difference maker. You know the kind of guy that intercepts a pass for you in the national championship game and puts it on ice? That's the kind of player you're thinking about getting there. And uh, and you know Ellis Robinson um, can be, be can be better than that guy. He can be as good as he wants to be because he is a uh, 
he's a one percenter too, uh, not necessarily from how big he is, but you just don't see these dudes. I mean, it, Rusty reminds me a lot of like like you remember no doubters like Vernon Hargraves and guys who just knew, hey, this cat's gonna play quick and he's gonna yep. play a lot and he's gonna be really good. And who was, that's, a that's, that's who was a freshman LSU? Who was a freshman LSU a couple years ago? Uh, Stingley, Daryl Derek Stingley. Yeah, Derek Stingley, that that same vibe. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I sat down with Ellis Robinson's dad in Nashville at our own three elite series, and we were sitting outside. It was parents happy hour. We're sitting on a little sunroof there, having a having a beverage, and <laughs> I asked him a question: Why Georgia? For him, and I'm telling you right now, I knew it was going to take a lot to get that kid away from Georgia. He talked about Fran Brown, Will Muschamp, and Kirby Smart all being involved with DBs at Georgia. And he also knew all the kids they had placed from other schools, uh, other places they had been. So his dad was ultra confident, and Georgia is a school that can develop his son uh, and, and get him to where they think he can get. So, you know, I knew at the end, I, I said when I got back, look, he's going to take visits in Miami and Alabama and those schools. would be crazy not to take a shot at him, but I felt like that was one that was going to stick. And he took his visits and put that tweet up, and, you know, he'll be at Georgia and for bowl practice probably. We spoke about uh, Juju Lewis on the last show, just touched on it a little bit. Georgia made his top eight in – I know since that list has come out, a lot of Georgia fans are not feeling incredibly confident about trying to uh, compete with USC over the long haul here, but he's class of 2026. I feel like anything can happen. Maybe I'm too optimistic, but Rusty, I didn't want to uh, gloss over that without getting your take on this kid because I know you know a lot about him. Georgia's in this. Georgia's in this for real. Georgia is going to be in this to the end. I say it all the time. There's no points for second place. But I know Juju. I know his dad well. I've known them since they were in the seventh grade. And um, I, I've had some conversations uh, with some people really close to them and around him. And Georgia is very appealing to them because they know there's two 24s. And, you know, what does Georgia do in 25? And who could Georgia possibly get in 25? you know, in my opinion, to follow any of these guys right now. So if you're a 2026 and Georgia's on you major, you know, I would think that's an, uh, you know, kind of an ideal situation that most likely you don't even know if they're going to bring anybody in front of you. Uh, obviously with a portal, how things can change real quick. But Georgia may not get Juju Lewis, but I can tell you right now 100% they are a legit threat to land him uh, as of today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, Kirby Smart uh, met him when he was, what, like seven years old? What was yeah. the story? I'm trying to find the picture. Yeah, man, there's a picture of him. There's a picture of him in a uh, – yeah, it's in Alabama, right? Yeah, uh, I just in, found it. Hold yeah, on, I'm about to pull yeah, it up. I'll bet, uh, there, I saw an Oregon Ducks picture. Yeah, check him out right there. Look at how fresh Kirby looked right there. I mean, 
You young tell Kirby. Us, that's a young Kirby right there. You know how they have those president pictures, like, what do you look eight years later? You know, that yeah. was, that's the one before. That's the before picture. But uh, Juju's a good-looking kid right there, too. I mean, I bet he got all sorts of, like, foul balls at Braves games and stuff. That's the kind of kid to take – just stick his hand out and get a, get one of those uh, – somebody got to hand him a ball or something. Cute kid. So, I, I have not – be honest, I have not watched y'all's podcast on Juju, but it's funny because today I was catching back up going through Facebook and his dad posted y'all's Facebook, that, that podcast on his Facebook. So I hope y'all don't get me in trouble. I got to go watch that. But no, it was, uh, uh, I think Wes did a clip out of it. And I, I mean, yeah, listen, if anybody yeah. take, if anybody associated with Juju takes issue with what I said, I said, I you can't overrate this kid. This kid's yeah. special. Yeah. Yeah. TC's a good guy. And I, I didn't think it was a bad thing, but it was funny. His dad shared it, but, um, you know, with Juju, I was very cautious because I felt like he got a lot of attention in like the eighth grade. And I just, I just, that bothers me a little bit because I know coming into high school, you know, all these things and, and he didn't ask for that, but he, he was already getting, he's the number one player in the country by whoever ranks middle school kids and all this stuff. And I went and spent some time down there and I told his dad, I said, look, I'm not going to write about him for a while. I'm just telling you. And his dad was cool with that. But let me tell you something. I went down there last August and watched him. And I told Joey King, I said, Joey, that you, you coach Trevor and you got to coach one of those, one of those unicorns. I said, this kid is super special. And uh, he had a unbelievable freshman year and that state championship game, even though they lost, I think it's a state record for a state championship game. They throw it for like 500 yards. As a fresh, as a freshman, fourteen years old, I was trying to sneak into movie theaters to see like PG seventeen, and this guy is playing on on the biggest stage in the state of Georgia, five hundred and thirty one yards. Dude, it was incredible. I was there, like, and he took a shot on the first through a pick and like the first drive, and it never rattled it. Then they couldn't stop Mill Creek. Mill Creek was the best team in the state last year, but for a freshman quarterback to do what he did in that game, there were there were they were college coaches all over that sideline. So I'm just telling you, man, he's special. Uh, and there's some really good quarterbacks in the state right now. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Juju Lewis is, he's as good as advertised. Five touchdowns in that game too. Field. Yeah. Go ahead, Jake. I've only ever, yeah. I've only ever seen his film, but I remember calling rusty, I guess what was rusty right around the first of June, one of yeah. those first couple of camps that Georgia had. And I yep. called him and uh, I said, Hey, I know some dudes that were out there this week at, at Georgia and they called me immediately, and they were like, man, I have never seen anything like this. This kid throws the football. I compared him to – I thought I said, this dude's the Greg Maddox at quarterbacks. Yeah. I was like, he puts it exactly where he wants it. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying he's he's going to go over there and just spin it like nobody's ever spinned it before. I don't know how his arm strength is going to go. He's only, a, he's only a kid right now. He's still got so much, get, so much getting bigger and stronger to go, but – the accuracy is often something that a lot of quarterback coaches tell you. You just don't teach it. Not not elite accuracy. And he's he's got it at a real young age. He puts it exactly where he wants it. So ESPN, yeah, they start the Geico. They have the Geico series where they do the high school opening kickoff and they do like those five games. They're playing by themselves the week before. They'll be the only high school football game on that night when they play Langston Hughes. So you'll get to see Aaron Nolan, the Ohio State commit quarterback. And you'll get to see Juju Lewis. And I think it's an eight o'clock game on Friday night. It's the first time in my knowledge that ESPN has done that. And then 
two weeks later, I have Juju on our TV broadcast versus Rome on a Friday night in in, uh, in Rome. So I get to drive like five minutes to work that night. But, <laughs> but, so two out of the first three weeks of high school football, he's going to play on statewide TV, and then he's going to play in a nationally televised game uh, right off the bat. I hope I didn't get anybody in trouble if I hadn't announced that ESPN deal yet. Sorry, Joey King, but uh, that, that is going to be a national game. Pretend like you didn't hear it. Yeah, um, that's the rumor. They might play on ESPN at night. Really quick before we move on, Justin Williams, Williams Winery, who announces first? Do we know? Do we have an idea? Mm, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's it in comment. What won't be too much longer on one of them. I, I think I think Rusty lost me there. He didn't really hear what I asked. I didn't. They won't be I'm too saying, much longer. Breaking up, well, on, breaking up on me. I won't guess because uh, I do know about one of them, and um, I'll, I'll just say that I do know that one will be announcing pretty soon. But I'm not gonna. I'll let them. I'll let that kid have his moment when they do it. But yeah, uh, Tomahawk that. Dog wants a Carrollton against Buford game. I'm uh, sure Buford would take it. Somebody's asking me that today, and I believe if both win their regions as a one seed, they would play in the semifinals. How awesome would that be to see Juju versus Rayola in Mercedes-Benz on a Thursday night? So the 7A championship game this year is a Thursday night at, at, at 8 p.m. in Mercedes-Benz. Uh, state championship games are Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So uh, that's all well, thank God they the- got it back in there. They had to, man. I mean, I, we could talk all night about so, that. So we back yeah. to, are we back to semifinal games in, in- – MBS? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so okay, final games are there. Yeah, just the finals. So, uh, Corky Kell is at Rome again on a Friday night, and that'll be Rome versus Cass. I have that game with our, our guy Brandon Adams of Dog Nation, and uh, you get to see Sakobi White. He plays that first night. Uh, the next day, four games at the Mercedes Benz. So, a lot of high schools, 33 days away. Not that I'm counting, it's 33 days away. Uh, from that Friday night, uh, Corky Kell here in Rome. So it's it's on, basically. We'll get back from Nashville, got a few days, I would say, and then um, it, it's on from here. I lied. I got one more question from the uh, comment section. What about Nate Frazier? We did not really touch on him the last couple of videos we've made, so uh, I don't want to pass up on that. I, I know a lot of people want to know about this big running back target. You know, it, you look at that and you say – is he done taking visits? I'm not sure. So I I would pick Georgia today, uh, but you know, off the record, I have there's no for me there's no th- not a time frame here set or anything like that. Uh, but I do like kind of where Georgia is, but that one to me doesn't seem like it's over yet. One thing um, I would point out there, I've heard some chatter about the South Carolina game, him trying to get an official visit going that weekend. And on top of that, I've also had it pointed out to me that that is the week that Modern Day is off. Uh, they are on by that week, the weekend that Georgia plays South Carolina. It's their only by week of the year. So um, sounds like whoever I spoke to there may have been guessing from that or they know exactly what they're talking to talking about. I kind of lean towards the latter, but it makes a lot of sense for him to be in town that weekend. And um, I, I do think there is intent to take an official visit to Georgia because he still has that left. Yeah, he's had took two unofficials in like a six-week time frame. So, uh, that'd be mm-hmm. a huge get. Man. That'd be a huge get for Georgia with what they've got so far in this class to add him. But, uh, you know, I spent some time around um, 
Chauncey Bowens in Florida in Naples. And what I liked about Chauncey was 30 offers, whatever he had. He's committed to Georgia, doesn't have to do anything. This guy came to a three-day camp, and he did every single rep with every single player. And he, he came to try to earn an invite to the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, Texas. And he was one of five prospects uh, down there in Naples to get it. But, you know, I sent I sent you guys the audio. I think Jake, I think Jake Roosh may have, have, have written it, but yeah. it was interesting. It was interesting to hear him say he was basically a silent commit to Georgia for like two and a half, three months before he ever flipped that night. And he wasn't – that wasn't the intention for that video to get out. And I said, wasn't that crazy that he was going to announce on that Saturday at three, well, his Nikar, his buddy, his, his class guy commit here, pops it on Instagram. We see it. So, obviously, we're going to run with it. And I told him, I said – he said, Lee said, man, you know what's crazy? That thing, it, it got over a million views. And he goes, total. He said, I, I was just going to pop something at 3 o'clock the next day. He said, in the end, that worked out even better. I didn't even plan it, and I got a million views anyway. Um, all right. Appreciate it, Rusty. I've been a uh, very, very sorely missed component of the show is uh, getting your in- input from that. And it was kind of bittersweet because I just, you know, I just figured the longer you're gone, the more commits Georgia will get, so we'll have more to talk yeah. about. They had a, uh, so it was a double-edged sword. They had a GoFundMe set up for me to go on vacation again. I was like, guys, I can take a trip now. If y'all want to send me to Hawaii or whatever for about a week. so uh, Do your don't. job and don't come back to work. Um, you, will, you will be working this week in Nashville. Jake Rowe joining you. Palmer Tom's going. I think he's already there. He is – Palmer Tom's is outside of the credentialing booth just banging on the glass right now. Let me his in. Tail is, his tail is wagging. His, oh, his wind is wagging 100 miles an hour. Get like me in there. Just, like a pit bull you just got from the Humane Society, Palmer Toms' tail is wagging right now. He's ready to do some reporting. So I don't want to talk about uh, all the – I don't want to talk about all the crap. Y'all know what I'm talking about, all the off-field stuff. My question for y'all tonight is – Kirby last year had his line about we will not be hunted at the University of Georgia, and he proved that to be true. They went out and did not get hunted. They almost got caught in a couple bear traps, but they still were not hunted ultimately. It's going to be a little bit different this year. We know how Kirby works, and we have our guesses about how he'll keep his team hovering above all these distractions that have just continued to pop up one after the other this off season, how do y'all expect Kirby to navigate everything this week? Whether it's the crazy circus of people asking him questions that have nothing to do with football uh, in a lighthearted sense, like whatever his favorite Netflix show is, uh, that'll probably be a pretty common one. Or whether it's the stuff that really is threatening to distract Georgia right now. How's he handling it with his players and, how do you think he's going to step up to it, step up to the plate this week? Zach Rowe? The dude, lo- he loves his messaging. He loves – he's big on messaging. He's big on changing up the message. Um, I mean, I don't expect him to go Dabo Swinney and go poor little old Georgia uh, for sure. I think we can rule <laughs> that seven out. Five, seven and five? Yeah, I mean, even if it was seven and five, he would do that internally. He wouldn't do it openly. Uh, uh, I don't know. I will say this, though. And I've said this on Twitter. 
if Kirby Smart can somehow get Georgia's team to buy into a seven and five thing like he did last year, which last year, listen, there was a little, there was a small piece of piece of meat you could sink your teeth into with that because they did lose so many people to the NFL draft, and you could you could kind of make that one work. If he's able to do it this year. Man, we need to be glad that that man is not Jim Jones and he hadn't tried to start a cult because he would get a lot of followers. <laughs> He'd have us all on, a, on an island somewhere drinking pies and, uh, because that's, I mean, unbelievable the way he's able to kind of get that message across. But, I mean, I think it'll be something creative and I think it'll be something, um, you know, semi, at least semi-profound. And I don't think that the off-field stuff and, and the stuff we had a meeting about last week and that we discussed and put out in video form, Wes, I don't think that's going to be prevalent tomorrow. I really – or not tomorrow, on Tuesday. I just really don't see that as being a big issue. They'll know comment it maybe a handful of times, but otherwise they're not going to feed the beast as far as that goes. That If there's one day it's going to take a break, it's going to be Tuesday. Uh, our good buddy, we all know Drew Butler, and Drew Butler – works on a, state, a radio station that I do some part-time work on, 929 in Atlanta. He had Josh Brooks on Friday. I don't know if you guys heard the interview. And Josh Brooks was asked about Kirby and what people don't know about him day-to-day, kind of behind the scenes. And Josh basically said, this guy is brilliant. Like, this guy is off the charts smart. And not no pun intended there. But he said that uh, Kirby's always thinking of every possible scenario and has this – so what I'm getting at is Kirby's going to walk in there on Tuesday and know, barring the national championship press conference, this is going to be the most eyes on his program. This is going to be the most questions he's going to get from media outside the people that cover him day to day, like you guys. And whatever message he wants his team to know for this year, he's going to deliver it in that in that conversation. The same way Nick Saban walks in every year and he has an, a, a – message or, or an angle or his opinion on different things this is the press conference this is the one where you're going to get the most eyes on you nationwide so what is he obviously it's you know he's going to have to answer some of the off the field stuff and he's already done that but there'll be some questions but what is he going to lead his team with a message and you know what's going to be this team hasn't won a game you're going to hear that at least three times this group of guys have, have not won a game, period. So he's going to get those. But I guarantee you, whatever he's, uh, you know, planning to talk in his discussion, uh, you're going it's going to be a lot of uh, Brock Bowers as a special player. And, uh, you know, and then he's going to talk about kind of what he wants his team to uh, the message to take away because the, the hunted quote, I uh, saw it on ESPN just or SEC Network just had it on here 30 seconds ago watching uh, so, you know, that that message, that that quote kind of lingered on. So we'll see what he can come up with. But I, I expect Kirby Smart to do well on Tuesday, in my opinion, on how he uh, talks about his program and his team. Yeah, I wonder how much he'll lean into the uh, quarterback competition because no one's really been uh, vocally wondering about that. But the Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, narrative maybe he kind of drums that up a little bit more than everybody expects right now because it seems like it's Beck's job to lose I'll say the the one thing that he really could lean into uh is something that Roe you wrote about a few days ago is how Georgia's players are leading from within and stepping up and not just making Kirby be the only guy that is holding 
other Georgia players accountable for this. We guess that it could have been Cedric Van Pran, but it really could have been anybody. I mean, it, it could have been. Cedric Van Pran is who I'd have my money on just because of the motivation and how good of a leader we all know he is. And he just so happens to be one of the players that's coming to Nashville with Kirby Smart. So I think that player accountability will also help just with the messaging to have Kirby's back. You've got players that aren't going to say something stupid. And it's not just that. It's not just playing defense with the quotes. It's you actively have a guy like SVP who's going to go out there and probably say something pretty profound himself. So that's what I expect. Uh, I expect that the players will have Kirby's back and the reporters who really do want to beat this dead horse are probably not going to get much out of it because Kirby Smart wins championships with defense and that uh, that includes behind the mic. Uh, you're on I, mute, Jake. Uh, Jake's on mute there. Yeah, I'll, say this, I'll say this while Jake's fixing this thing here. I'll say this real quick. We've all been in a locker room. We've all played on teams. It takes leaders like that to help you, and you have that leadership council. But when a player stands up in front of the team and says, I'm done with this, I lost a teammate and I lost somebody else that I loved because of Speedy. And when a player who carries the weight, that is invaluable. And you heard what Kirby's quote was on that in Jake's piece, which I thought was a great piece. I read that and I said, man, this is what you got to have. Because you know, Kurt, listen, that entire staff and that entire support staff, and they brought in speakers and they brought in this and they brought in that. But you want to help things, you have some internal leaders on the team who carry weight. This isn't a 35-year-old person talking to you. This ain't a 45-year-old person. This is one of your 21, 22, 19-year-old teammates that's talking to you on the team. So whoever it was, I would agree, probably said to your parent, whoever it was, stood up in front of the team and said enough is enough about this deal, uh, carry some weight in the locker room. I think you brought up, Rusty, a story you told about Alabama when Kirby was there. Nick Chubb breaks the long run. Daron Payne oh, um, mm. almost wants to rip somebody's neck off. Uh, for not yeah, Ruben Foster for not, for not yeah. fitting the run right. This yeah. is the same thing. I mean, at some point, um, listen, I'm uh, corporal punishment. All right, you know Kirby Smart's not going to go put his hands on one of these kids. It's, that's not the way this works anymore. Um, this in the days of Bear Bryant where you snatch a kid up anymore. That's that's not going to happen. Uh, Cedric Van Pran, though, or, you know, Xavier Truss or, uh, you know, Marius Mims, they might put their hands on you if they feel disrespected enough. And then when you set that expectation that when you do this, uh, you you disrespect me, you disrespect us, I think that's that's a big thing. Um, that that can kind of bleed through. And, and you know, sometimes leadership needs to be that. Sometimes leadership needs to be a little bit of fear, leads to a little bit of respect. Uh, but I wanted to point out something on the Brock Powers comment. Listen, as long as that 250-volt ion battery he's got in his back doesn't go out, that robot, uh, he'll be fine. He'll, he'll, he'll speak to us. It may not be great, but he's uh, Brock Powers is, is not going to be a quote machine no matter no. what you do. He's a touchdown machine, not a quote machine. Yeah, he's a pretty quiet kid. I just watched uh, Terminator 2 the other day because it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's backup Brock power Powers. in there, too. Yeah, Brock, There's Brock backup Powers power. So, if you think he's down, don't hold your breath. He's going he's gonna to get you. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what we can learn about where Georgia's head's at just through all this because this really will be the first opportunity to 
hear from the players themselves. I mean, look, this this three-peat, it seems automatic to everybody because of this schedule. But uh, David Pollock told me about it a few weeks ago at his, at his golf thing. You know, this is Kirby Smart's toughest offseason yet. And it was going to be tough even without all this crap. It was going to be hard because of the entitlement that was going to creep in. And now you've got, you know, so many other distractions to worry about. How can Georgia not let this derail the dogs? I think that's the story, man. I, I don't know how much they'll comment on it, but to me, um, I feel like that's the story that'll come out of SEC media days one way or another. One thing I do want to bring up. You want to talk about Kirby Smart and the, and the puppeteer and, the, and the, the, the messaging, the messaging genius. Can this, can the struggles and the us against the world and us against the, you know, the outside noise, can that somehow, can he somehow harness that and slip it in there right between his team and entitlement and his team and complacency? Because if he can, um, that's just, that's masterclass. That is, that is some masterclass, uh, absolute incredible stuff that, you know, again, should make you fear him as a, as an influencer in this world. Yeah. Doubt him at your own peril. Um, right. There's a also a pretty good messaging team behind the machine at Breaking Tea because no matter what it is, whether it's something simple like back-to-back champs or feel the Bowers, they can turn a phrase and they can put it on a t-shirt or hoodie or a coffee mug of whatever you need. Because if you're a Georgia fan right now and you haven't picked up something from Breaking Tea, then what is this show all about? I've been trying to let y'all know. It's the best Georgia apparel that you don't have yet is at Breaking Tea. It's in gray, it's in black, it's in red and white. Never hunted, 15-0. and 0. Dogs are going to try to be uh, avoiding those hunters again this football season. So suit up accordingly over at Breaking Tea. Really quickly, before we get to our dog stocks for the night, a uh, little fun piece here on Nick Chubb being ranked number one in the NFL by coaches, scouts, and executives. I knew that Rusty would have something to say about this. Uh, let's do like a favorite. Let's do a Nick Chubb draft, a play at Georgia draft, and I'll let Rusty go first. He is our resident Nick Chubb expert. What was the best play or the Nick Chubb play with the G on his helmet that you'll never forget? Uh, Probably the touchdown early in the third quarter in Rose Bowl when he broke that tackle. So they were 31 to 14. Then they kicked the field goal, make it 31 to 17. They get the ball early in the third quarter. They get the ball back. And uh, Nick breaks that long one to make it 31 to 24, I guess. And that kind of like, I, I remember sitting in San Antonio watching that game uh, with Andrew Thomas and all those guys, by the way, or the, the next class, I think it was Jamari Salyer, maybe that class of uh, Richard can I can't remember all the kids that were there that year. But they were a bunch of Georgia commits watching it in the hotel lobby downstairs as well. And uh, when they scored that, he scored that. And I was like, wait a minute now. And they went, they're 31 to 14 to 31 to 24. And Oklahoma hadn't got the ball back yet. So uh, that, yeah, the that count was a freshman on that team. Yeah. So I guess it was a year after. So it must have been Jamari Sauer and those guys are right in Santa. I remember it was Jamari yeah. and other people. Yep. That's who, that's the class it was. And um, uh, who all was in that class with them? Much of them guys transferred out in that 2018 class. So uh, 
but I remember sitting in the lobby with those guys and watching. They were going crazy uh, when that, that ending was, that, uh, how that game finished. He Mine, ran through uh, about I, 10 people on that play. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, he did. And that was uh, that would have been mine if Rusty would have taken this one. Mine is the Brad Nessler get a license plate uh, one. <laughs> it didn't even turn into be a touchdown. It was uh, against Auburn. He caught that little slip screen, ran over, slammed into that guy, and accidentally stepped out of bounds just barely, and yep. then kind of cut back against the grain and, and ended up walking in for a touchdown. That, that get a license plate game was probably the, the, the all-timer. But, you know, there, there's an honorable mention for me, too, if Wes doesn't hit it. But uh, you know, and it's, it's probably not the most impressive run of his career just from watching it, but maybe the most impressive run of his career overall. I'm just going to do the whole Clemson game when he was a freshman and ran out of his shoe. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was – David Andrews tackled him. I think him. it was David Andrews just tackled him. Yeah. Right into the hedges, <laughs> and, like, and, and I don't know if you guys noticed, Nick Chubb broke that tackle too. David Andrews. Yeah, no, that one was really reminiscent of the Rose Bowl. It, it looked very similar. <laughs> so you know, I David talk- Andrews kind of bounced off of him and had to reach back up, up and grab him and pull him down with him. So I talked to Sony Michelle's high school coach in Naples when I was there, and he was working that camp. Um, I did some work with Nick and Sony on this little documentary they're doing. I was in a small part of this, just talking about their recruitments and stuff. I haven't seen it yet, but I talked to their high school, his high school coach, and, and Sony showed him the video. And I, they haven't released what platform they're going to do it out on, but he said it was awesome. He said they talked about all the behind-the-scenes stuff, coming together in high school, not really knowing each other, all the way from Georgia, about that loss, the Rose Bowl, uh, recruiting, how their friend, how they, you know, still became better, still best friends. And it was funny as I stand there with Sony and I told Sony, I said, Hey man, don't, don't get in trouble tonight in Sigurdtown. <laughs> so, Sony looked at me and said, I know why this dude is so damn good. I said, why? Ain't good? Cause there's nothing to do here. Yep. Said, so, <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I don't get in trouble at Zaxby's now that thing closed at 10 o'clock tonight. So, uh, but it, I, I look forward to those that coming out with those guys. I think that's going to be really cool and something those two are, they put a lot of time into. So I think it'd be really cool. Um, you know, what the, the finished product, I'm excited to see it. We also need not ever forget the, the touchdown clean, the game clinching touchdown, the first game back from that horrible D injury uh, against North Carolina, not getting tripped up, beating them to the end zone. Um, you know, I mean, it was, it was oh, almost man. in a way he didn't he that was the best he looked all year long and it was almost like he knew he had to have it for that game yeah. um you know cuz he had some good moments the rest of the season but he wasn't himself yet and i don't think anybody would have ever expected him to be but the closest he looked to himself that whole 2016 season was that first game back that's awesome great great call there Jacob Scott Eaton. Howard with the chubby time chubby time Jacob Easton's first game right yep yeah that is Kirby's- yeah Kirby's first game. Came off the bench, replaced uh, Grayson Lambert. Had a little, yeah, Grayson Lambert. Grayson Lambert, that's right. I'll yeah. tell you this. We, we can get in another subject for another hour, but the decision of Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Lorenzo Carter, Davin Bellamy, and Roquan, those guys coming back, it's the biggest thing ever happened to Kirby Smart. Because well, I hope were, the documentary starts there. I, mean, I, don't, that, I don't know. They, they're definitely going to talk about that deciding to come back, but I've heard the story. I've heard Kirby that that story told when Nick walked in and Kirby Smart thought he was about to lose Nick Chubb, and he said he was real nervous sitting there. And when Nick sat down, he said, "Coach, I'm not. I'm saying I'm not leaving 
my last game, University of Georgia, losing to Georgia Tech. So, uh, but the decision of those guys to come back, Georgia does not win back-to-back national championships, in my opinion, because they were eight and five. They had all this, you know, stuff against them, saying that Kirby can recruit, but he can't win. And decision for those guys to come back, how big that was to propel them to even get to that national championship game, which kind of got George on the momentum. Yeah, I mean, he's thanking his lucky stars to this day that they came back. Yep. Uh, dog stock time. I'll get us started. Stock up on lunch pale lad. McConkey is getting so much NFL draft hype right now. I don't know how he's going to live up to it, guys. The last several seasons, he's just flown under the radar, snuck up on teams, and kind of been that, you know, gritty lunch pail guy. But now you got pro football focus saying he could be a, what, a second round draft pick. Um, if I read that correctly, uh, or just among the top wide receiver prospects. Um, Jim Nagy has been on the record saying that Lad McConkey is going to be the dude this season. It's going to be a platoon of Georgia wide receivers because of how deep that position is. But if Lad can stay healthy, we all know how good he is. But now it's just the national guys are suddenly catching on. I guess after back-to-back national championships, you start to see that happen. But Lad McConkey, man, go back and watch that first Brock Bowers touchdown against UAB. Who's the guy that catches him all the way across the field and meets him at the goal line? It's Lad McConkey. That speed, don't sleep on it, dude. Stock up on him. I'm going to stock up on this uh, this year two Georgia class. I've been doing this series over at Dogs HQ called Second Year Surge, where I take a look at whether they redshirted or not, whether they played a big role last year or not. Looking at all the second-year players, not through with it yet. I uh, got several more left to go. But the more I do it, the more I realize. I run into guys like Ernest Green and EJ Lightsey. Um, run into guys like CJ Smith, who, listen, if there's an injury or two for Georgia in camp um, at the receiver position, CJ Smith's going to play some snaps. You know, he's going to he's going to be in there if he's healthy. Um, you know, it's a guy that got some second-team reps and and even got some you know cup of coffee with the first team during spring drills. Um, there are a lot of these second-year guys, you know, that are going to play big roles for Georgia, um, you know, across the board. I mean, you know, I haven't even gotten to Malachi Starks and, and Michael Williams yet, and I'm already running into guys that I'm sitting there thinking, you know, this guy's a step or two away. This guy's a good camp. This guy's a treading water during camp away from being um, a big-time contributor. So that Georgia 2022 class um, looking pretty fruitful right now just in terms of, um, how this team is going to be. And I'm going to really be focused on some of these guys. Uh, I mean, several of these guys during preseason camp, because, you know, everybody wants to talk about the freshmen, right? Everybody wants to talk about those, those brand new toys. Um, but there are a lot of really good players uh, from that 2022 class that are going to, you know, kind of have sharper teeth and bigger muscles and all that stuff going into uh, going into camp this year. And, and to me, that's going to give them a chance to, uh, to play, you know, real soon. Good stuff. Y'all go check that out. All right, Rusty, what you got? Um, I go a little different uh, direction, and this is usually not kind of the tone of this show, but uh, Scott Cochran, man, uh, on 7-6, he posted a picture of a coin, two years of clean recovery. And I'm looking at it right now, 772,000 views on that deal. And what, to me, what Scott Cochran, in today's world – you know, we're all men, and, and he had this persona about him, but for him, that right there, thank you, Wes. 
to go in and say, hey, I need help and go to his friend, Kirby Smart, who is a really close friend of his and say, I, I, Coach, I've got to not only go get help, i got to step down away from everything right now. And uh, he posted that. I saw Glenn Schumann repost it, how proud he was. Saw Dan Lanning comment on some Instagram stuff, uh, you know, about this guy. But you think about today's world, not only uh, a guy kind of in the public eye, but somebody with his persona that he was tougher than, you know, he laid all these men and he's built all these players and got this deep voice and craziness about him. But uh, to him to show that he, that everyone at some point in life needs help. And uh, he needed some, some of a serious kind. He got it, and he is two years uh, clean. I thought that was fantastic for, for Coach Cocker and his family to uh, for him just to put that out. Yes, definitely worth celebrating. And I know a lot of Georgia fans rejoiced uh, to see that. And you can't get enough of that, man. Can't yep. share that enough. So yep. definitely stock up on Coach Yale. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Jake, give everybody in uh, Rusty too. What's what's the rundown this week? What are y'all going to be doing at SEC Media Days? Well, it uh, hopefully there will be that kind of look ahead meeting there with Kirby so that we can um, address some questions with the team. You know, you got a couple injuries that you'd like to know a little bit more about some housekeeping stuff. Um, I believe Georgia goes second uh, on the day there at SEC Media Days. They go after Auburn. Is that mm-hmm. who they go after? Uh, he goes after Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, that's right. Yeah, they go after Vanderbilt, um, and then uh, you know it'll be uh, you know it'll be kind of cover the team there. Look at our takeaways. You know what's the message? I'm interested just as any, just as much as any fan is, as much as you are, West. Uh, all right, is it going to be the hunted? You know, is it, is it going to be something like that? Is are we coming with something profound there? And then hopefully after it's over with, uh, you know, Rusty and I. Um, are going to, you know, come on here in some form or fashion and try to give you a little bit of a breakdown as far as what we saw and serve our uh, YouTube audience up there as well. But we'll uh, we'll have all the news covered. We'll have some opinions for everybody, and uh, I know we'll have plenty to say about it as well. Make Jake take you to a steakhouse too. Yeah. Yeah, the steakhouse, no doubt. I'll be wearing my bird dogs. Yeah, we'll get more bird dogs. Uh, bird dog spot coming tomorrow night on uh, Bark After Dark and Wednesday. We can't wait to share more about bird dogs. I mean, come on. We love the dogs around here and the bird dogs. Thanks. Uh, Jake Rowe, bring my Philly dogs shirt to Nashville. Hey, I think every pack right now. The distributor, Jake Rowe. Appreciate y'all tuning in tonight. Hit like and subscribe. If you don't already, subscribe to us over at dogshq.com. The football season starts this week. Your calendar is lying to you if you think it starts in September. It's right now, y'all. We'll catch you later on this week. A lot coming from Dogs HQ. Peace.